0: The core idea is that salespeople shouldn't prospect and it shouldn't be what he means by that was or what i mean by that is closers should close account managers should manage accounts
1: and prospectors should prospect but it's three different roles it's not right. one role hey everyone it's tom here soco sales training and welcome to this episode of the selling in asia podcast i'm thrilled to have with us colin stewart now colin is the co-founder and the co-ceo of Predictable Revenue, and host of the Predictable Revenue podcast, which is one of our favorite podcasts. We love listening to it, love the book Predictable Revenue, and I've been on Colin's podcast before as well, so it's great to have you with us here today Mm -hmm. to share a little bit more about how companies can build outbound sales teams. Uh, Welcome, Colin. Thanks, Tom. Good to have you here, man. So why don't we just jump right in? So when we talk about helping companies build outbound sales teams, let's just kind of, you know you know, go back a little bit. What the heck is an outbound sales team? Yeah. I mean, you
0: people call them inside sales teams. People call them prospectors. People call them cold callers. Really in, in my eyes, it's anybody that's, that's taking a cold or a lukewarm contact and they're reaching out to try and establish a connection, right? Okay. So these are the, comp- these are the kinds of people that are booking meetings. Some people call them SDRs, BDRs, mm-hmm you know, whatever you want to call it. So sales them. development
1: rep, business development rep, Yeah. Right. Yeah, cool. for sure. Okay, so when we're talking outbound, like just to, so that we all get it, all mm-hmm. right? There's outbound and inbound. So inbound, you know, some might say that's arguably, you know, easier, right? These are inbound inquiries and then you're responding to those inquiries and basically just qualifying them and seeing if you can, you know, pass them on to a, an AE or an account executive to close, right? Yep. But outbound is, hey, they don't know us from Adam.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're going after these people cold. Yep. So that takes a special kind of person, but also a special kind of process. Am I right? 100%. All right. So now that we're all on the same page about what an outbound sales team is, why is outbound even important?
0: Well, and, and I'll point to sort of two kind of differences. If you think about the difference between inbound and outbound, with inbound and And like, we do a lot of inbound and a lot of outbound. I know we're kind of thought of as a company that's sort of only about uh, outbound, Mm. but you know, there's, we're not like dogmatic about it or we're only outbound. Mm. I think it's, for every business you want to make sure that you're pursuing every potential customer acquisition channel mm-hmm. that's going to make sense for your business mm-hmm. so we're not very we're not super dogmatic about it has to be outbound that, you and know, i'm you okay if you're dogmatic about that that's just my thing I, for me I, I like specialization
1: so i think that's okay
0: well i'm all about specialization mm-hmm. um but really at the end of the day predictable is about growth and helping right. companies grow right. and so however you want to do that whatever makes is going to make sense for your market for your mm. audience for your team, mm-hmm. right? That's what's gonna be best for you. Okay. And so when I think about the difference between inbound and outbound, on the inbound side, there is, there tends to be, if you think about sort of two sides to the funnel. Mm. At the top of the funnel, there's motivation, mm. right? Somebody clicked on a link, they came to your site, right. there was enough enough pain
1: inside them that they're like, Hey, I'm going to fill out this form. Right. And I'm going to have a salesperson. There's some catalyst me. or a trigger event, right? Like there's a reason why they opted in. There's a reason why they downloaded that PDF or whatever. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. On the bottom side of that funnel, they're not
0: always qualified. Mm. Right. So if you're an inbound rep, you're typically working to say, okay, well there's motivation here. They want to do something. Right. Are we the right company for them to do something with? Okay. Right. So that's sort of the advantage and disadvantage of inbound. I love, right. love inbound, you know, in terms of strategically, which is easier. I think they're both hard.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: from, an, from sitting in the seat of both an inbound and an outbound rep, mm-hmm. inbound is definitely easier, mm. right? But building the whole system and all right. the infrastructure to support inbound, right. uh, it's hard, hard to say. We do both
1: here and they're right. both equally hard. So that's interesting that you say that, Colin. And I, and I love that. And I agree 110% because a lot of people have this assumption that inbound, super easy. Outbound, <laughs> holy and I say, yeah. I okay, so I, I totally think you can say, it. I think we can, and we can just edit the it mics. Out, but... The mics are equipped. <laughs> right on. <laughs> cool. So it's like they go, oh my god, like outbound is so hard because you mm-hmm. have to come up with a prospect list and go after them, and they may not be interested, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they go, oh, inbound so easy because these are these are inquiries that just came in. But you mentioned something critical, Colin, which is the qualification piece, mm-hmm. and they're not all qualified or have certain levels of qualification. So for some of you out there listening, and I know when we're doing sales training, this is a big thing for people is actually qualifying leads properly because most people, when they approach us, they go, Hey, can you help us increase our closing rate? Or we're struggling with putting deals over the line. And I go, okay, well, we can talk about closing, but maybe you're trying to close deals that just aren't well qualified to begin with. hundred percent. cause it's, it's all about
0: this. Like part of it is about the source. Part mm. of it's about the execution right. on, on that, um, on that lead. Yeah. Right. Like we've got an awesome sales rep right now and his close rate dipped we were looking at it, we're like, okay, well, there's no way that he got, that he's now half a good of a closer right. as he used to be. What happened? Right? right. What happened? And so we're looking at, okay, well, well, look, let's look at the lead quality. Let's look at all the different sources. And we found this one source that we'd spent a bunch of money in, <laughs> had never turned into a close. Wow. So we're like, well, is this Pete's fault? Right. Should we fire Pete? Because, because we decided <laughs> right. to pursue this lead source right. that just turned out not to be it's super like you high fi- quality. It's like, we
1: can't fire Pete for telling him to walk west to see a sunrise. Right? Exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a combination of factors. It's never as simple as, oh, it's a couple closing tactics and right. this is going to sort of make or break gotcha. with inbound. You can definitely generate a whole lot of velocity, mm. right? And it's something that can scale really well right. with outbound. It's just another tactic, but right. the best part of outbound is that it lets you choose the companies that you're going after. Whereas inbound that. you're, and there are things you can do to try and influence companies to, to come in, or to generate, to push companies into your funnel. Right. But with outbound, you can just start that conversation.
1: Right. I love that. So, I mean, how many of you out there, right, listeners have had these inbound inquiries and you get all excited. But of course, when you look at the, the job role or title of the person who made the inquiry, mm-hmm. it's an admin assistant. And you're just like, so right there, I don't have the A, I don't have the authority. Yeah. So I'm dealing with a gatekeeper right out of, right out of the blocks. Mm-hmm. But I guess what you're saying, Colin, is with outbound, you're just like, screw that person. You go to the top, they right? At to the top. I'm going to target certain companies and certain roles within that company. hundred percent. Beautiful. I love that.
0: Yeah. So one of the, one of my favorite things from predictable revenue, because I, I didn't write the book. I just mm. sort of, I built another company and then we ended up merging. And I remember reading the book and thinking, Oh, I've been prospecting wrong my entire life. Mm. Um, and uh, the best part was, you know, one is the specialization of sales roles mm. so that like the core idea is that salespeople shouldn't prospect. And, It shouldn't be, what he means by that was, or what I mean by that is closers should close. Account
1: managers should manage accounts and prospectors
0: should prospect. But it's three different roles. It's not one role.
1: So moving away from that, you know, multi-stage sales rep that everyone's looking for that. Like, can you do everything?
0: Are you a Swiss army knife? Right. And what's funny
1: is like so many sales leaders we talk to haven't even kind of consciously made that distinction or decision. Mm -hmm. Like they're just like, I need a salesperson. And you're like okay do you, but you know that sales is a very <laughs> layered nuanced thing right mm-hmm. so you kind of have to you know coach them around that right we see quite a bit when when companies
0: have that attitude of mm-hmm. well, just we need to sell more so just add more sales right you're like okay well think about it this way let's assume all of your reps work out which chances are not happening. Mm. But let's assume they're all working out just for the sake of the the conversation here. So they start off their first year as a prospector, Mm. right? Because they have no book of business, you're not generating any leads for them, they've got to go hunt their own food. Right. So you spend your first year getting good at prospecting. Mm. Then, and it's not as straightforward as this, but then you spend your next year closing, Mm. right? So Mm. now you've built yourself a fairly large pipeline. Right. Okay. Now you're presenting, you're doing demos, right. you're closing. Right, so the first year, you're probably not on quota. Second year, you're mm. probably on quota. Maybe you're starting to like hit some accelerators. Mm. And then the third year, because there's no differentiation between closing, like a lot of companies will have the same comp of, will pay you the same comp if you close the business versus if you renew the business. Right. So gee, I wonder which one I'm going to focus on. Right? Of course. It's way easier to sell to a customer who you've already sold to. Totally. And so what what you end up having is the guys that actually make it, the guys and, and gals that actually make it, are your great prospectors, your great closers, and then they end up managing accounts, mm. which means you're basically stacking, I call them million dollar reps. Right. And so if you wanna grow another million, you need to stack, you need another one of those, and it's gonna take sort of three years to get there. Right. Right. And there's all the risk factors in, mm. well, what percentage of your reps are going to be one of those million dollar reps? Chances are it's not one, chances are it's not 50%. <laughs> um, you know, looking at organizations, hard to say, but I, you know, it's definitely not going to be a one-to-one mapping where you just hire one salesperson and they're going to make it all the way through that cycle. Mm -hmm. And so what I loved about predictable revenue is it sort of pulled those three pieces apart and it said, okay, well, let's get these prospectors and let's build a team that's just really great at generating that top of funnel at booking that first meeting and then passing it off to the closers. And then let's get a, let's build a separate team and the only thing that they're responsible for is closing business, mm-hmm. right? Like that's where I would live. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's, that's my jam. Right. Right. And then once they've closed, me, them, I love
1: those calls. I love those meetings. Like, right. I it's, love it. It's the dance. Yeah.
0: It's great. Yeah. Right. And then once you've closed it, you hand it off to the account management team right. and these are people that are better at the long-term relationships, right? right? There's, they're, it's still a sales role, but it's more of a, more of a relationship manager, more of a farmer totally. than, say, a hunter.
1: It's a, it's a, hey, just checking in. It's a time for a renewal or a refresher. It's a lot easier It's softer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got customers. I could literally get my phone right now, drop them a WhatsApp message. Okay, I'm going to do this after the podcast. Literally drop them a WhatsApp message and be like, is this a good time for a refresher? Yeah. Guaranteed. Guaranteed 50% will come back. That's a great idea, Tom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm learning it. I'm, 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 you know, coaching myself on this podcast here, right? Because it's so, it's so easy. In fact, I've even done it in training sessions with other customers. Your partner show is just like, get your damn phone out right now, Tom. I know, right? <laughs> like to show them how easy it is. And I've done it and have, you know, booked business on my phone with repeat customers. That's easy. Yeah. But then, you know, you need those customers though, to actually get the repeat business, which is why, you know, you, you need to fill that pipeline. And I think, you know, to, to that question, Colin, we're talking about, you know, and, and then we're going to move on, but I want to make sure everyone gets it. There's a couple of reasons why outbound is so important. One, you've got to fill that pipeline. It's so important because you can also kind of, you know, pre-qualify to a sense, mm-hmm. at least that, you know, MQL, the marketing qualified lead. But in our company, maybe you've experienced this as well. I mean, when we talk about, you know, what's scalable and what's not, well, look, it's pretty hard to scale inbound because that's like market response, right? That's kind of like, Did an inquiry come in? Now you can up your marketing and kind of pump out some content and put your little opt-in forms. And, you know, of course, you're probably going to get some uptake, but really what's the quickest way? Like if you call and say, let's go out. Here's a list of a hundred people. Go out to these folks on LinkedIn. You can predict, hence predictable revenue based on your, your, your numbers. How many opportunities will you have, and how many you can close, right? Mm-hmm. And and for for guys like us, there's mm-hmm. there's more insight into that pipeline. I'm I'm sure there's
0: a marketer or two or many that are sitting on the listening in on the on the podcast, going, yeah, "You idiots don't know what you're talking about." We'd like with, to hear from with you. marketing. All you got to do is like X, Y, and Z. And I know sure. those people <laughs> exist, and I can guarantee I am not one of those people because we just pissed off a few people? No, I I just think we're, you know, Do we now have haters? Recognizing our ignorance. I was hoping
1: we had haters because if we did that means we made it. Yeah, those guys. They don't know what they're talking about. I want a troll. (laughs) Actually, I had a troll. Anyway, that's a whole other story. That's okay. Like the colorful little hair. No. You rub its belly. Cool. All right. So, um, right. So, outbound, you know, we're we're, we're drinking the Kool-Aid. We love it. We dig it. It's a great way to kind of keep that pipeline full Mm -hmm. with opportunities that that you want. Yeah. Great. So, now, what are some of those competencies or key things that we need to look at, or is there like a, a framework, for lack of a better term, for sure, around building an outbound sales team? Wow, great transition. It's almost like we planned this, Tom. This
0: is amazing. <laughs> so you, you're totally right. We talked about with outbound the advantages you can pre-qualify, right? And I think this is the this is the crux of it. There's mm-hmm. there's four things that you really have to do well, and they all kind of they're all multipliers. But there's two that sort of multiply to zero if you don't get them right mm. and that's market and messaging right so the four are market messaging channels and tactics right mm. and i'll
1: give you a quick sort of a little bit into each of them and then we can kind of dive deeper cool so that's the market messaging channels and tactics we need these four things each is a multiplier but some of them can multiply to zero if you're not doing it right exactly okay and so if you think about
0: the market this is it's not just having a big market it's not just you know, being able to, to say, "Oh, I know a couple of customers, this mm-hmm. is having a, a verifiable and documented way of actually putting the people who are going to be, mo- who are most likely to turn into customers onto a list. Mm. So I'm not just thinking about the list criteria. I'm thinking about the whole process and the logic that goes in behind it. Right. If you are, if we have the best messaging, right, if we have the mm. best channels and we have the best tactics, so we we're on all the channels, we have all the, we're really strong on the tactics, okay. but we're pointing our, we're trying to sell, you know, SoCo selling. So right. LinkedIn services, yeah. you know, not services, but LinkedIn coaching mm. to farmers in Nebraska, right? This is going to multiply to zero, right? There aren't too many corn huskers that are going to be looking for.
1: Not that we know money. of. You know, if but that could be, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's our new blue ocean strategy. It's, Colin, a, it's a great. You just, you just shared it It's with a everybody. great niche. It's a bit corny. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> oh, that is for those of you who don't know, Colin is a fairly new dad, and um, yeah, that was a dad joke. hundred oh, percent. That yeah. Multiple layers too. That's. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're gonna peel away. The, all right. So let's just, we're gonna, let's just, we'll, we'll we're just gonna edit on. all of that out. It might be an outtake blooper thing. Um, <laughs> our, our, our iTunes score has just dropped and yeah. uh, our trolls have gone up. So there, there you are. that multiplied to zero really fast. You're welcome. Okay, so, um, so look, can, can, can we dive a little bit deeper into market? Because I think like, to me, some of these things, and I hate to say it, but people listening need to get this. To me is common sense but it's not common practice right like you 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 need to go after the right people so what are some examples of like market fit and how do we find that like what does that look like yeah so i'm thinking about one you know one customer that we sort of just
0: went through this with and they initially said okay well we're selling to law firms okay great Mm. i can build a list of all the law firms in north america no problem right and then when they said, okay, well, maybe it's because they're looking at a certain size of company, a certain size of customer for their service. Okay. right? And so we said, okay, well, maybe it's the certain types, maybe there's uh, law firms that do certain types of work. And so we looked in and we said, okay, well, can we see if there are different um, categories of law firms within, you know, the, the list providers? And so we we tried a bunch of those. Mm. And the, the results were sort of lukewarm at okay. best. And when we really dug into it, what the like what made an excellent customer for them was the use case, which was they, they had this, they, they did this certain, they ran the certain type of legal process mm. on a regular basis. The company that they sell to could actually like their customers could be large or small, but what really mattered was filing a large number of these
1: specific types of cases. Gotcha. Okay. So for those of you who, you know, you're, you're hearing that you're, you're, you're scratching your head. It sounds like, what do I want to say? I'm going to overgeneralize here, but it's a, it's a distinction between, you know, demographics and psychographics. It's a demonstration between, you know, the, the the type of business versus the business they conduct and how they run that business. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What they do
1: in that business and the vo- the volume, the scope of work, et cetera. And, and being able to find a really strong signal for that mm. didn't
0: exist in any of the traditional databases. And so we, we did some thinking we said, okay, well, and I want to say it was actually to credit to them. It was one of their reps who said, oh, well, it's this number of, if it's this number of cases they're filing, mm. Mm. that's all public data. So you can go to the core mm. websites. So what we ended up doing is going and looking at all the core websites and we said, okay, basically do a count. Mm. And if, if a company files X number of cases in a certain period of time, add them to the list. Oh, that's nice. And so that, so that's behavior, right? Exactly. Oh, I love it's, that. it's behavior. It's how they use the service. Right. And so that correlation, um, like I can't even tell you what the multiplier was because mm. you'd be multiplying by zero, but it was, mm. assuming you got one from the other method, it was like a hundred X of a differentiator. Wow. And okay. so market is not just your market. It's how you define it. And it's how you how you actually plan to reach it. Okay. Right. So it sounds like
1: market is a combination of, you know, the, the demographics, the organizational you know, profile, size, industry, headcount, but then diving deeper into, you know, behavior, values, uh, tactics, approach, like what they do, right? Exactly. And it depends on what's,
0: what's relevant.
1: Right. And I know for example, like in our case, you know, we would look at, okay, we go after uh, organizations uh, based in a certain location, so geographic Mm -hmm. uh, and then a certain title of person, Mm -hmm. but then even diving deeper into, okay, maybe it's a sales leader or a sales director that's been in that role for less than three months. Yeah because there are things that that person deals with that are different from what a, 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 a director of sales who's been in that role for 15 years has to deal with. So then you can tailor your messaging, which I think is the next thing that Colin's probably gonna jump into.
0: Absolutely, and when mm-hmm. I say messaging, I'm not just talking about your email or your cold call script or the, the sales scripts that your, your reps use or mm-hmm. what your marketing team puts on your website.
1: Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is that core messaging right? Like you and I are having a conversation, right? Tom, what does Soko selling do? Mm. Well, we help sales. T- I mean, the sh- long and short of it is we help sales teams around Asia Pacific and globally optimize their sales performance.
0: So Soko helps optimize sales performance, right. right? So that's not, you're not going to put that in an email alone and just say, Hey, we help Soko. Right. Cause right. no one's going to, they, they need context, right? Exactly. Right. But it's it. when I say messaging, I mm. mean that
1: core messaging, right? right? So right. things like um, you know, hey, hey, Director of Sales, congrats on your new position. I understand you 've been there for about three months and in, in our experience, you know most directors of sales who 've been in that role for less than a year typically struggle with inheriting a sales team of people who either have never been trained um, or are learning it on the job or have forgotten everything that they learned yep that's why
0: exactly, and so basically what you describe is like this is the sort of the husk to go back to our mm-hmm. earlier analogy.
1: oh my gosh.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really working. Right. So that's sort of the, that's the wrapper. Right. right. And that, and it's, it's really there to set the context and deliver that core messaging. Mm. Right. And so all of that, all that husk belongs, I, I think of that in tactics, but really the, there's the dance that happens between market and messaging. And this is super critical mm. because if you're going after um, if you're going after companies in, say, APAC versus mm-hmm. companies in North America, yep. you're changing one variable, right? Yes. If you think about it, it's a link in the chain, you're changing yep. a link. Yep. So it's going to be a different chain, right. right? And so every time you're changing a link, you need to re-update and you need to-
1: oh, I love that. Because
0: it's a, the, the two work in combination, right. right? The market, you set the context,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: Because really, if you think about it this way, or the way I, way I think about it, there's sort of a, there's a targeting hypothesis that you have, mm. Right there's a need hypothesis you have, and there's a message hypothesis you have, right? And it's really the three, the dance of the three of those, mm-hmm. right? It can't just be, okay, it's this market and go write some messaging, right? It's like, what is our hypothesis about the market, mm-hmm. right? What do we, and then who do we think they are based on what
1: we know in the past? And I love what you're saying, Colin, about hypothesis. It's, it's really taking a scientific approach to prospecting. hundred percent. And it's saying, okay, a hypothesis is my thesis. It's my theory which I need to now prove or disprove. But let's try to do that one variable
0: at a time, yep. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so breaking it down into those three pieces, we could go deeper and if we had our product manager, our chief products, product officer here. He could go super deep into jobs to be done theory and and all of this and Mm. sort of how you break down that chain. And if it's interesting, I've got a couple docs that we can share afterwards, just about if you want to go a little bit deeper into all the elements of the chain and how you really build one of those. Mm. Um, But the most important piece here is that market and messaging, this is not something that you can steal or copy from somebody else. This is something that you have to
1: Mm. work your way towards.
0: and has to be tested. It has to be validated. Okay. So my
1: friends out there, listeners, pay close attention to what Colin just said. Please don't hop on Google and search for 10 best cold calling scripts yeah. and don't just use them verbatim. Don't use them as is because you need to formulate your own hypothesis based on your specific market and, and, you, and make sure that your messaging is, uh, you know, tweaked to address that. Right? hundred percent. I think mm. one, of the, one of the
0: things that we see a lot of sales teams really struggling with is we're not learning, right? Mm. We hired some people, they taught, they tried some things and it, it didn't work. Like, right. okay, well, why didn't it work? Oh, well, it was this, it was that. And it's like, okay, well, there's no documented, systematized learning that you can point to that says, well, we tried this, we followed this process, and this was the result. We thought, here's what, here was our hypothesis. Here's how we tested it here. And this is what actually happened. Right. Right. And so that's one of the biggest mistakes that we see a lot of companies make. And and this isn't like, I know we're two guys sitting on a podcast here. Mm. There is I, I wish I could truly communicate how much failure and wasted time and resources and capital that has gone into us figuring this out, mm. right? We've been doing this for six years, helping other companies build sales teams, building sales teams for our, ourselves, building sales teams for other companies, right? This took us years to sort of figure out. Fine tuning and tweaking and, and right, experimenting. Yeah, 100% and realizing that it's, it's really that combination of those three hypotheses right. that you absolutely have to nail. Channels and tactics. Those are things that you can copy mm. from. You can listen to podcasts like this, and you can get an understanding of what are other what are other channels that people are using. Obviously, these mm. two guys are big fans of Outbound, big fans of LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm sure there are other podcasts that are going to tell you about all the things about how to you know nail inbound, how to nail conferences, how to nail all these other things, right? right? But it's the channels and the tactics. You can copy those from podcasts. But Mm. I think the core idea that I want to get across is market messaging are the single most important things that you need to develop yourself and you need to to have a proven process for testing and iterating your way to them, Mm. right? And so the best way you can do that is you can break it down, targeting hypothesis, messaging, or sorry, need hypothesis, And then messaging hypothesis and the the need hypothesis is just what do we feel so for this market what do we feel like is the is the critical pain Mm -hmm. right all that medic stuff yeah what do we feel like is is the is the pain what's the responsibility of the individual what's their goal what's their kpi what's the friction getting in the way Mm -hmm. of them and then the the need and then sorry the messaging hypothesis ties the need to how our product solves that need
1: okay oh i love that all right so you know, so you're helping customers. I mean, this is a big thing that you're doing is, you know, th- these folks want more customers and, and they're focusing on, okay, so how do we, how do we do outbound better? So are, are you noticing like a, like a pattern? Have you seen something and what, what companies tend to struggle with around the market piece?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I
1: feel like, like- are there are different kinds of customers that kind of approach you with like one or two you know, diff- different issues. Yeah. I mean, every,
0: I'd say a lot of the companies that actually come to us, they say, Hey, we want you, we want more meetings, right? right. We, we want to grow faster. <laughs> we magically want more meetings. And exactly. We want more meetings that are going to turn into our best possible customers. Right. Right. And, and what we noticed is um, a couple beginning of this year is that we actually had two different cohorts of customers.
1: Mm.
0: We have customers that wanted to, wanted us to help them figure out who to sell to. Right. So, to figure
1: out who to sell to. Exactly. So, that's a huge thing. So, they have a product, they have a service, and they're like, you know, Colin, can you help us figure out who's a good fit for us, right?
0: Exactly. Okay. And then we had customers that said, hey, listen, we know who we want to talk to. We know who it is that we need to talk to, and we want to figure out what is the best, what is the best path to them. And I think the interesting thing that we learned earlier this year was that the majority of our customers thought that they were in this second group. They thought they, were, ah. they thought they knew who their right customers were. And right. then we went and we'd run some outbound campaigns for them and we'd book meetings with those you people. You tested
1: that hypothesis. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: And so we would go through and we'd book meetings for these individuals and then nothing would close. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, if you truly knew who the right people were right. and we booked meetings for them and your salespeople are competent, which we're going to assume they are, Mm. then you would have closed business. And so when you back, when you back out of it, you say you actually made us realize that there were more of our customers that were in the, we need you to help us figure out who to sell to cohort, Mm. even if they thought that they were in, they were later down the down the journey right and so that's the sort of number one place where i think where we see companies tripping up is thinking that they're too far ahead right
1: and that they they're know like, we we've we got this handled Colin. Yeah. so we know who to sell to we've right. closed
0: a bunch of business we have some case studies just hop
1: on the phone send out some linkedin invites and yeah. book us some calls
0: exactly it's right. this list
1: it's that list it's like okay well, what i love Colin, is that you 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 and your team are at a level of professionalism where you don't just assume that they've done that work because a lot of people will just take the money and say, sure, let's run a campaign and Bob's your uncle and just pay us and we're done. But you're just like, well, wait a minute, let's challenge that a, a bit and just kind of confirm that yes, you, you have found your ideal customer profile and let's, you know, make sure that the messaging is appropriate and, and then we'll go after them on the appropriate channel with the right messaging, right? hundred percent. Mm. We started our life as that company. I can't claim right. that we've been this way, you know, <laughs> since the, since the
0: dawn of time, so this is like
1: trial and error, right? You uh, figured it out.
0: We're a very iterative company and mm. we're at every step of the way, we're trying to figure it out and learn. And I think and the additional pressure that's on us is my co-founder wrote the book. And mm. so people come to us expecting us to be experts, right? And so much has changed since that book has come out. Mm. And so we've had to build into our, into our culture, a way of continuing to iterate and learn.
1: Are there any plans for like a, you know, predictable revenue 2.0 or, you know, a revisited kind of like an e-myth revisited or. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's certainly been something we've talked about. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, One of the things that we wanted to do to sort of fill the gap was Mm -hmm. the predictable revenue podcast.
1: Yeah, which that's always relevant. You
0: were on, we had a great episode talking about LinkedIn. If you're, uh, if you're thinking about that as a channel, I definitely recommend uh, looking up Tom's episode. It was the best one that we've had on when we're talking about LinkedIn. So big shout out to Tom. Um, and yeah, we've that endorsement um, check. Um, did it clear? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Yeah. 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 Keep it up. I'm going to need another one after this though. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. I'm work, <laughs> I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like it's, it it was our way of sort of staying fresh. The other thing that that, uh, we're doing that I think is a little bit more relevant than another book, but another book might be coming down the pipeline Mm. is Mm. the Outbound Labs series that we started on YouTube. Gotcha. We're basically, I've talked about experimentation. Mm. We've built the culture of experimentation into predictable revenue. And so every month we're testing 10 to 20 different hypotheses. So we're running all these tests. And then in this very room, I get Mm. Lavinia who's who's head of the Outbound uh, Outbound Labs program. Mm. She's working with all the strategists who are actually running these um,
1: these, running these experiments.
0: And we, we come up here
1: and we share, here's what worked, here's what didn't work. Love that. So, you know, my question, I probably should have framed it better because I said, when's the next book coming out? And it's like, look, you know, it's, it's, it's 2019, it's 2020, right? We're not talking about, it doesn't have to be a book, but it's sort of like, you know, are, are, are we always keeping it fresh and updated and relevant for today? And for sure, the short answer is absolutely totally outbound last predictable revenue podcast. So it's, it's, you're always getting the fresh new stuff, which I think is so critical because a lot of people are going to pick up a book, whatever book it is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stuff the the iconic books, the staples of sales are like from the nineties or the early 2000s. So it's sort of like, you know, the fundamentals of sales haven't changed, but, but the way that you approach prospects, has changed, which is kind of like the channels, right? We get people asking us, what's the right channel to use? And it's sort of like, well, kind of depends on a few things, right?
0: And it's constantly evolving, right? right? Like if we look 10 years ago, you could send a bunch of emails and get a ton of responses, mm. right? And now you really have to up your game because right. there's, there are tons of tools out there that allow SDRs. And in some organizations,
1: the SDRs are sending more email yeah. than the marketing team. Well, you, yes, for sure. I mean, in our case, that's true. I mean, you know, our our marketing team will send out maybe, you know, one EDM a month, let's say there's like a value email or, oh, it's four. Okay, so I'm way wrong. So I'm way off. I'm obviously, I'm the sales guy, not the marketing, but we send out, you know, four EDMs a month. So, you know, once a week, we're sending out something and it's typically, you know, kind of that value, 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 and then, and then an ask type thing. But of course, if you're in sales, you know, you're dropping people emails every couple of days, right? If if you've got a kind of a short cadence or a short sequence and you're just like, okay, I want to go through these leads within nine days. So Mm -hmm. they're going to, I'm going to hit them up pretty fast. And, you know, for me, it's, it's, when we talk about channels, it's kind of like a, a a multi-medium approach, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's not like, okay, we only do LinkedIn exclusively, but we might do an initial outreach there and then follow up with, you know, WhatsApp, SMS, um, you know, uh, what phone call, email, whatever we have, right? Grinder, Slipstrava. <laughs> you know what, we actually just did our first uh, TikTok. No way. We did our first TikTok, and it's actually one of our, one of our sons. So, I mean, he, he's now a, a TikTok celebrity. Anyway, but we, we, you know, but it's like, you, you just never know where your prospects can be. And I think you have to kind of decide how much energy and time do we want to invest in certain channels or platforms but, uh, I mean, things are changing all the time, aren't they? hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, cool. So why don't we, um, do you, you want to touch on tactics or is that sort of, you know?
0: I mean, the way I look at tactics, mm. uh, very briefly, it's, it's basically, it's your team. It's the processes that drive your team and it's the people in your, like, the people, sorry, and the tooling. Mm. Right? So it's the people, it's the process and the technology. Right and, and and those three things and then within that is all the the blog posts that you're reading and continually trying to update yourselves right. okay. and like within the playbook is like your cold call scripts and gotcha. your your email templates et cetera. Okay. So it's it's, it's a, kind of the
1: execution the process right it's exactly. More like, if you were to look at kind of market messaging channels and tactics, it's kind of like as a sales guy, I'm always picturing a funnel. It's a funnel right? for sure. Help it right? Yeah. Right. So it's like a funnel, and like <clears throat> what's the most important, largest part of that funnel? Mm-hmm. It's freaking top of funnel that's the market. If you get, you know, how do you come up with tactics or like, Hey, let's do something on TikTok. And you're like, slow down, big fella. Right. When we start with the market, make sure we got the ICP down and the clarity of that. And then the message, and then it starts to filter down to channels and then the specific tactics. Right. hundred percent. Okay. The way I look at it is it starts with the why, and mm. it filters down to the how. Right. Love that. Okay, cool. So I think we're going to wrap up. We've really gone deep into a lot of this. You can feel free to, you know, get in touch with Colin. We'll, we'll send you, we'll share his details in a minute, but um, is, there, is there one thing, Colin, just to kind of sum up, you know, this episode here, if there's one message you could share with these like sales leaders, small business owners, sales reps that would really help them up their game around outbound, what, what would that be?
0: I would say the, the one thing that, that we've noticed that's been the most helpful to our customers mm-hmm. has been the fact that market messaging are something that you need to continuously test and iterate internally. Channels and tactics can be copied and they all need to be updated on a continuous basis. Mm. This is not a set and forget thing. You can't just say, let's build me some outbound, let's sprinkle some magic SDR sauce on it, <laughs> and then it's good to go forever. Right. Market messaging, your customers change, the market changes, the, comp- the competitive landscape changes. Your market and messaging are something you're always going to need to be continuously testing, iterating and improving. Gotcha. Same with channels and tactics, but th- think of that as you know, your channels and where, where you're gonna do these things. Is gonna is gonna change, and then how you're executing on them is always gonna be changing. Mm. But I would say they all change. They sort of change less up at the top and more frequently down at the bottom. But they're all always in need of continuous, mm. you know,
1: iteration. So it sounds like I love that, Colin. So it's almost like you know, you, you have to revisit the the strategy on a regular basis. But that's you know, that's gonna remain similar. You know, it's gonna be less. Uh,
0: it's probably not changing daily.
1: It's not changing daily, but the. The, the channels and tactics, particularly the tactics or something that could change a bit more frequently. hundred percent. Okay. Got that. All right. So why don't we work uh, about, we're going we're gonna to end off today's podcast in a similar way that Colin likes to end some of his podcast. All right. Gonna, so we're going to, we're going to, you know, uh, put him on the other side here. So how do you get people to reply to your emails? Um,
0: I like to use a, um, I like to use a short and to the point subject line.
1: Mm. And then
0: in the, in, in the messaging that I'm going for, I'm usually, it's a short and easy, it's one single easy to answer question. Mm. And I'm usually not going for the, I'm not going for the kill right away. I'm not going for the meeting. I'm looking for, is this email relevant? All right. And so that's really what I'm I'm trying to qualify for when I'm trying to open up a conversation. Because I want to make sure if I'm going to invest my time as a sales rep, yep. I want to make sure that I'm investing my time in the right, okay. on the right, on the right individuals. And so I want to give everybody the opportunity to say, hey, no, I'm not the right person right, right out of the gate so that
1: I don't spend all this Love time and that. effort. So short and sweet and it's almost qualifying. It's not presenting. 100%. And I think a lot of people out there and I get these emails all the time. And it's like a fucking, it's a PDF. And it's, yeah. like, it's like,
0: I didn't ask for any of this. I've, I've definitely been the rep that sent a <laughs> 17 page PDF, totally right. custom to the st- like images off the website, research bios, wow. like, oh man, I'd spent like days on and it. And it's like, you yeah, send it, it off the right guy or like, oh. or even worse, no response, you know? And it's like, That's true. Did he even make it through to them? Did they get it?
1: So it sounds like being clear about the objective of that email, which is just to get a response. hundred percent. Love that. Okay, cool. So how do you, how do you brush off, you know, you you know, if if someone's brush you off on a, on a cold call or they're just like, you know, dude, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having this. Like, how do you handle that? What do you do?
0: Well, I I think there's, there's sort of two, I think of the brush off as sort of two different, um, there's two different kinds of brush offs, Mm. right? There's the, there's the, just trying to get you off the phone. Right. And for me, like I kickboxed a little bit. Mm. That's the, that's the lean in, the duck and weave. Mm. Right. So they're going to throw the, he just did
1: a duck and weave here. folks. Yeah.
0: That's the, they're going to throw the I'm busy. like, I'll be really quick. Mm. Right. And so you, you acknowledge that, Hey, they said something, but you're just going to keep going. Right. Right. And if they're really trying to just get you off the phone, be like, Hey, listen, I'm, I clearly called you at the wrong time. Right. Like, could you give me some, or I, I'm clearly doing a bad job here. Can mm. you give me some advice on <laughs> on how I could have uh, gotcha. done a better job next time? Right, right, so right. that that's how you get through the like, I'm just trying to get you off the phone.
1: Gotcha.
0: If you want to get deep into the qualification, into like, if they're really trying to grill you and, and the objection handling, mm-hmm. you really the goal is to get them talking and mm-hmm. get them sharing as much as you can. You're trying to engage whatever part of their brain it is, that's actually thinking critically. Right. Not just not that
1: reptilian brain, like, you know, fight or flight or freeze, where it's just like, Ugh.
0: Well, because I, I think we're interrupting people in, the, in their day, mm. right? And what we're, what we're trying to do, like when I, when I answer a cold call, mm. I'm trying to avoid contact switching. Mm. Right. I'm 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 in the middle of a task because right. context switching is gonna cost me 15 minutes productivity. Yeah. So I'm gonna answer. I'm trying to stay in the zone of you know, whatever it is on right. my screen. Right. And I'm just gonna say, Yep, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna know I'm busy, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm right. not even paying attention to what they say. I'm hearing them right. and I'm reacting, but I'm just I'm You're not, not engaging. Space, right. Exactly. So mm. once you've done the duck and weave and you've got their sort of permission or you know you've got a uh, you're 30 seconds on the phone <laughs> right. then it's like how do I how do I engage that that part of their brain mm. that is actually going to get them talking
1: to me right so maybe that's where the messaging comes in to, yeah Love for that. sure okay cool so last one here so what do you do and, and you know yourself, calling and also for the team when you really need to push hard at, at the end of a quarter yeah I mean I, I it's did, like we run out of we run out of uh, you know days before you, you hit quotas like you know you're running out of time here yeah
0: the the thing that I like to have is sort of line of sight on uh, on the end of the quarter, uh, end of the quarter and have a good idea of um, sort of where I'm at pipeline wise and mm. what I'm going to need to do so that coming so I'm not waiting to the end of the days I know ahead of time if we're going to be tight mm. and then I I think of sort of there's inbound there's outbound and then there's kind of midbound mm. which is like people that you've engaged with maybe people that showed up to a webinar maybe people okay. that were leads from last year that. People you've already engaged with, they've come to you. You've had a conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's these little pockets of gold. And for, right. for me, there's the there's the midbound stuff like that that yeah. have been to a webinar, um, old leads. Um, but there's also my absolute favorite: mm-hmm. our close lost nurture. I mm-hmm. don't I don't close lost anything mm-hmm. unless they tell me. Mm-hmm. Unless they're like, if you call me again, I'm gonna murder your whole family. And then I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'll talk That's to them when you I'll, get the hint. I'll talk to him in 2020. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. okay. Cool. <laughs> you know, I, I really want there to be absolutely, there's no way we're ever doing business. And so right. as an account exec, I'm mm. closed loss nurturing and I'm putting in next steps. So here's the thing, here's where we got, uh, here's where we ran into issues. Right. Here's, here's the reason why we lost that deal. Right. Let's follow up in three months, six gotcha. months. And I'm trying to make that call in um, whenever I, whenever I close lost an opportunity. So you opportunity. go after
1: them in that, and you're like, you know, Hey, it's just a good time for us to revisit this conversation. Exactly. Cause you're, you're, you are you do not have to
0: rest- You don't have to rebuild the whole, right. the whole relationship. You're starting from halfway yeah. and chances are context has changed. Maybe people have changed. Sure. Maybe priorities have changed. Love so that. that's the little pockets of gold that I like to look for.
1: That's awesome. Colin, that's gold. All right. So you can find Colin on LinkedIn. You can find him at Colin Stewart. This is his, uh handle on LinkedIn. Colin with two L's. And uh, you can check out the Predictable Revenue podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And uh, maybe check out Outbound Labs.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So PredictableRevenue.com slash Outbound hyphen labs. You betcha. Cool. All right. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Tom. Take care, guys.